Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Welcome to the Uncensored Podcast. Uh, Scott is out today. He's uh, away from the show for a little bit, uh, dealing with some family stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are here today, and before we get to Dr. Upshaw for our Mindful Monday, don't forget, you can always shoot us an email if you want some Miguel and Holly stickles. Yeah, I'll get some swag. I got plenty, and let's put them in the mail before we have to vote. <laughs> so they get there uh, if you want to put them so somewhere. So you get them? Exactly. Uh, so you can uh, shoot me an email uh, with your name and your address, Miguel, M I G U E L, at hot1015tampabay.com, and they are completely free. Mm. Uh, Holly, what is our Mindful Monday? So Mindful Monday is helping your mental health throughout this pandemic. And Dr. Nate Upshaw with Neurospa TMS, which is where I go to get TMS therapy done, um, has been helping us with this because he is a psychiatrist, has his own practice uh, in addition to Neurospa. And it can be tough in ways that you didn't even think existed. Yes. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah. So it's like in the past we've talked about, I'm uh, most recently how alcohol and drugs can impact your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, what is PTSD? Do we have it from going through a pandemic together? And I think appropriately today, since it is the first day of school back for a lot of kids in Tampa Bay, parenting and the effects mental health have or what the the, the effects of parenting are on your mental health, if you're a parent or you have someone in your life that is, they're going through it right now. And so yeah. that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. Dr. Upshaw, do you have kids, right? Yes, I got three kids. Ooh, you got a house full. Did they go back today or is it was it a, like a virtual learning thing? I don't I don't know what your um, circumstances are. Yeah, so my my kids go to um, Tampa Prep and they have a hybrid model there. So they go to school 2 days a week and they're at home 3 days a week. Gotcha. And um, mm, okay. I would I was referee before I left this morning. It did not go well. Uh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't honestly, like, I understand the benefits of a hybrid model like that. But at the same time, too, when are you getting work done? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if you're, if you and your uh, wife are both working, like, what, how does that even work? And I'm sure it's, it can be stressful. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky. I don't know if this is part of the reason they did that model, but Tampa Prep is just middle school through high school. So the kids are a little bit older. Mm. My kids are in middle school. Right. right. So they can they can be somewhat trusted to, to try to get their work done if it's assigned to them. So the, I mean, it was the first day, though. So you can imagine it was a little bit stressful. Absolutely. Well, what I find interesting right now is obviously I don't have kids. Um, I've watched Holly go through the process of being a parent and the trials and tribulations that come along with it and friends uh, that I grew up with, you know, have kids. And I see that it's not easy. Mm. And I feel like with all the pressures of social media and people judging you. Well, that's the thing now, too. It's like, so let's say I have I mean, I've been very open with dealing with depression and anxiety 
And the current climate that we're in, it's like whatever you do choose to do or whatever you're you have to do, someone has to say something about it. It's mm-hmm. not enough that we're all trying to parent in this this crazy time. It's like, oh, well, I wouldn't do that, but you go ahead. Like, have you have you noticed? And we actually had a coworker that I was a little irritated about for this post that that they put. They're a parent, and this person's child is a little older, like yours, Doctor Upshaw. I think, um, like early high school years, mid maybe middle high school. And they're like, "Well, you know, we've talked it through, and there's no way in hell uh, we want to do brick and mortar school. Absolutely not." Now, if you have to do that, that's fine. I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm like, you just judged. <laughs> like, you ju- you literally said there's no way in hell that your kid, but everybody else's kid, that's okay if we have to go back to school. Like, it right. just, it's like no matter where you turn, someone has a comment and it's impacting you. How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's, it's really tough. And I, I've been talking to my patients a lot about this because a lot of my patients have kids. And you hear them kind of talk through their logic and, you know, some people it makes just so much sense for them to do virtual and some others it makes no sense for them to do virtual. And so if you sit there and you listen, you you know, it makes sense, but you're right. Um, Everyone's under so much stress. They're so quick to judge. Social media kind of has us all kind of going in that direction and that just adds to the stress. So, I mean, the answer to your question of how how do we deal with it is you have to just make the best decision for yourself and then you just have to be okay with it and understand that everyone else may not understand that. So, you know, how much you share, how much you post. I mean, I've seen some people just innocently posting some things and then getting a backlash and all they were doing was posting a picture of their kid going to school. So it's, it's a line, it's a, just a, a, a minefield right now. It's really, really, really tough. And I, and, you know, I, I have kids, but, you know, they're they're a little older. Just some of the, the people who are dealing with this are just going through such a rough time. And it is so individualized, too. So, you know, and just as we're talking here, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, all these parents that I've been in, in contact with over the past few months. And some have just been super surprised. They're like, I can't believe how well it's going. Mm. You know, it, you know, I'm home. My wife is home and we've connected more as a family. And then you have other people that it's just it's just so stressful because of the situation they're in with their work or, you know, their their kid has special needs. So there's just so much different stuff going on out there. It's, it's just hard to kind of say, OK, this is what's happening. Mm. So how how do you make it through parenting on the daily in addition to potential mental health issues that you might have? I mean, what are some resources and what are you seeing even in your practice? So one of the big things that I'm seeing, and I guess it's, it's, a, it's a luxury if you have this, but I've been seeing that people are starting to kind of reach out in their own community with their friends and forming little groups of support. It's almost like the, the old days or something, but I've had a, a bunch of people who have full-time jobs and they have young kids and they're, you know, kind of, and, and some kids who are doing virtual school, they're kind of forming these little groups. So I, I guess one piece of advice is to see if you can reach out and see if you have any support um, from friends or family to try to kind of bridge the gap, because that's been the biggest problem is, is that, you know, it's like we've talked about with a lot of other topics with the pandemic, all the things that we had kind of figured out about kind of how we got by on a daily basis when things were stressful have, have changed for a lot of us. And so we're having to kind of reinvent new ways that we are going to deal with things. And that's especially true this few weeks of school starting up. 
Mm. That, that makes total sense because you need it. It really does take a village. I know that's a cliche, but you, we everybody lost that. So right. it's like you were sort of alone on this island with your kid or your Ugh. kids, uh, and it seemed very not just lonely but um, desperate, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not helpful when the judging started of like, well, I'm fine. Okay, well, good for you. Mm. I'm glad you're fine. But this is instead of more division, this is a time where you need somebody to lean on. Right. So I love that advice, even in your own bubble, to reach out to someone that can help. Take, you know, either because I feel like my kids sometimes got tired of seeing my face. <laughs> and I'm like, I love you so much, but a mama needs a minute. You know right, what I mean? Right. So, like, you need someone to help alleviate that pressure. Takes a village. It really does. Um, and so I can't imagine, and and my depression and anxiety has been, you know, steadily getting better. So I can't imagine if you're stuck in this, like, sometimes depression to me feels like uh, a heavy blanket on you. Mm. And if you're in that heavy blanket and then having to do way more stuff than you normally do, and as school goes back today, you've got additional worry how that must feel. Yeah, and you have uncertainty and you might potentially have to make decisions as you did this summer. I mean, people had to choose whether they were going to do, I think they had an option for virtual in the county and virtual for the state. And then you kids could go to brick and mortar. And if you're dealing with depression, anxiety, making decisions, is really tough. And so that's, I think, something that is added on to that. Um, and I think that one piece of advice is that people really need to be kind of a, a little bit kind to themselves in the sense that, you know, you're going to make a decision and there's, there's no right answer here. Like we had talked about, everyone has a kind of a different right answer and there's no predicting where things are going to be in three or four months. So, you know, depending on where things go, it might look like a really good idea that you kept your kids home or it might look like a really good idea that you sent them to school. And you can really be hard on yourself if you're suffering from depression or really anyone, you know, to say, oh man, I made a bad decision. Mm. But right now it's just, you know, decisions, we don't have all the information. And so you have to just kind of do your best. And then however it turns out, you know, just as long as everyone is safe and you're doing your best, you kind of have to be okay with that. And that's hard for some people. Yeah, I can imagine so. Well, what I'm curious about, Dr. Upshaw, is I remember growing up and my mom trying to help me with my homework back in the day. And there would be these epic meltdowns on her end because she was frustrated that she wasn't understanding how I was learning and why I wasn't getting it. And I wasn't able to communicate, well, this is how I need to learn this. And so it was like misfire after misfire. And so we'd end up both throwing our hands up and walking away from it. And then it's like a daily frustration, right. you know, a daily battle for an hour or so or more right. over homework. And you're like, I don't need this in my life. My gosh, it was so much. But now now you're some with some parents you're talking about all day instruction while you're trying to also work mm. how do you handle those sort of uh situations with as a parent or even if you're a kid and you're listening to this and you're like my parent doesn't understand how I learn and they're trying to help me understand and you have these like head butting situations how do you navigate that yeah i mean that's that's really tough um that you bring, you bring up a really good point there because First of all, the way that they teach stuff, especially math these days, is very different than the way that a lot of us were taught. I mean, I, my kids ask me for help with math sometimes, and like, I had to take a ton of math to go to medical school. I'd take like advanced calculus, Oof. and I can't figure out any of their math <laughs> right now. So, like, I, I literally can't help them. Yeah, so, right. You right. Know, I, I think 
the first thing is to say, you know, can I actually help them with the, with the material? So some parents mm. are very good teachers and they understand things and they convey it to the kid and there's no frustration. So if the answer is yes on that, then, you know, great, help your kids. If the answer is no, like in my case, then what I try to teach them is how to get help, you know, from themselves. Like, you know, ask their teacher, you know, maybe find some online resources, ask the teacher for some online resources. I try to teach my kids like how to how to plan, how to write their stuff down in their agenda calendar. So it's more of like a process thing than actually trying to teach them because I just I can't. That's not that's not my thing. Right. Um, and so I think that's the first that's the first thing is to see, you know, can you teach your kids? Um, the other thing is with virtual school, it, technically speaking, you're not supposed to have to teach them. You know, the way they set the curriculum up, especially if you do the state one, you know, they have the modules there. So, again, it's more, you know, helping your kids make sure that they're staying on a schedule, that they're working in a, a room that's clean, that they can concentrate. So it's more kind of like the support than it is trying to actually teach the material. And that's an important distinction, I think. Mm, yeah, agreed. Mm. Because that's what I mean, when my kid was doing like virtual school back in March and April and early May, it was full instruction. I just had to help a lot or, you know, someone did with making sure she was paying attention. And obviously that's more of a younger kid issue. But it's a very different life that we're all living, regardless of if you're back in school and how you support them that way. And then if you're doing things at home and supporting them that way. So everybody is in uncertain waters right now. And I think Dr. Upshaw mentioned like giving yourself a little kindness. I mean, giving, giving it, you, you know, yourself a little grace to be like, I don't have all the information. Mm-mm. I'm trying to make decisions based on what mm. I, I don't know. And so that's why this kind of loops around one of the reasons why I deleted Facebook off my phone last week because it's like I, I had had enough right. of other people's bickering and negativity and misinformation. And that was part of my self-care situation. And I imagine some parents might need to either do the same or at least clean up what their newsfeed looks like so that they can use it as an, a, an outreach program instead of just a place to bitch. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point. It's just especially, I mean, with everything that's going on, you know, the economy, the virus, the upcoming election, it's, it's pretty toxic out there and more so than usual. And so I think you're right trying to make sure that that you're not getting sucked into that because you don't even realize it. All of a right. sudden you look up and you've, you've spent an hour and you realize you're just in a much worse mood than you were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and you know, I'll tell you one more point on the on the especially with the virtual school. It's been so interesting because there's some kids that are just doing great with it and then other kids that are doing terrible with it so it's like it's like a a scientific experiment right you have all these kids that were doing x in school and now everything's changed some of them are doing some better some of them are doing worse and it's super confusing for parents yeah um so it's just it's it's just crazy right now it's just it's it's all over the place how do you as a parent get rid of the guilt because I've heard Holly you you talk on this a little bit on how you know you're with your kids all day long if you're working from home and your kids are staying home and you've spent you know essentially since March a lot of time together and you want to go uh, drop the kids off at a friend's house that you're quarantining with or you just want them to watch a little more TV or something than you would have normally allowed can you sort of Walk us through how do you deal with that guilt 
that a parents may be dealing with right the now. It sucks because it's like no matter what you do, I and I even tell myself, I'm like, hey, it's okay that I, that mommy got home, and this was more so, you know, before now, the first day of school. But when I would get home, she's home. And so I walk into like a war zone of crazy and I'm like, hey, I know logically that it is okay and actually good for me to ask for about an hour or so of time for me to take a nap and, you know, disconnect my brain from work mode and then be ready to pop back into mom mode instead of diving right in. But still, it's like the emotional side is like. You didn't see her all day. And she is, she will tell you this. So she will pull on the manipulative heartstrings. I didn't see her all day. Mm -hmm. I've been gone. She's been waiting for me to get home. And now I'm home and I'm not even going to spend time with her now. I'm like, oh my God, Mm. how do you, how do you fix guilt? Yeah. So, I mean, there's two, two types of guilt that you're talking about there. The first type is just the, you know, the general guilt of raising kids and, you know, the, (laughs) yeah. Am I doing good enough? Are they going to turn out? Okay. And then piled on top of that, you've got the, you know, COVID guilt, which is that things are even worse now for the kids. Am I doing it right? You know, are they going to turn out? Okay. That one's a little easier because again, we're still only about what, like six months into this, hopefully things, I mean, schools are back open, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see what there's some positive trends in some of the scientific literature about some herd immunity and some other things, and maybe we'll have a vaccine. So there is still hope that things could get back to normal sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And kids are pretty resilient. So going through a time like this, doing your best, you know, if we're, if we're in the same spot two years later, oh, then, then it's going to probably have some different consequences. But in the short term, kids are resilient. Do your best. You know, that's kind of that's kind of that guilt. Now, the the parenting guilt, one little trick that's interesting is that a lot of people end up spending time with their kids or feeling guilty, but it's not quality time. And even as little as 10 minutes a day, just sitting down, turning your phone off and sitting down and asking your kid, no matter what age they are, what's an activity they would like to do with you. Um, and spending 10 minutes doing something they want to do, you'd be surprised how that little quality time can really improve the relationship. Um, and that kind of has positive benefits down the line. So I, I'd, I'd say, you know, having a little bit of time to do some quality time is a lot better than just kind of being present but being distracted all of the time. Mm. That makes sense. So it's it's quality, not quantity. Right. Exactly, yeah. Mm, I like that. Um, real, real quick before we let you go, Dr. Upshaw, I have a question not related to kids in school, um, but I feel like right now, you know, and we've talked about how this whole pandemic and being in it has like affected us differently. Um, you know, some people are having a really hard time. Some people are excelling at life and they're, you know, lost weight and they got a new job or they're, you know, figuring out different things that they want to do in their life. Um, but I have some people in my life that I know that just feels like, they just can't get a win right now. And it Mm. just feels like everything is just negative. Is there any way to sort of help a friend out, you know, like just words of encouragement or just, you know, it'll get better because it feels sort of just like empty phrases that you're throwing out at them, you know? Well, and to the person who's probably struggling hearing it'll get better right. is, is empty. It's right. like, okay, tell me how. Like wh- exactly when? Right. Like on November 15th? Because does it get better? They're in a hole. Right. <laughs> no. And that's not helping. How do you, is there anything or is it they just have to sort of cycle through it on their own? 
Yeah, I mean, you bring up a really good point, and this is this is interesting. If you study, like, you know, we all learned about, like, the Great Depression and all these times that, you know, history, things have gone really bad. And now we're kind of living through a time like that. And what you see is, is that it's not terrible for everyone. Some people are doing okay. Some right. people are doing really well. Mm-hmm. But there's a larger percentage of people who are really not doing well. That's the big thing, right? So instead of having 5 or 10% of people who are going through a lot of economic problems or other social problems, that percentage has grown. So there are a lot of people out there who are going through it right now for sure. Um, and I think to answer your question of what you try to do to, to help them is you, is you try to reach out to them and, and really listen to what they're going through to see if you can help them problem solve a little bit. Because mm-hmm. one thing that happens is when you're not doing well, you t- can't kind of tend to have these loops that are going over and over in your head of the same things. And so talking that out, obviously with a professional is ideal, but even if a friend listens to you, you can just try to be a little neutral and help them kind of think through things a little bit and see if you can help them problem solve at all. And even doing that, even if you don't come up with a solution, kind of can help them get out of that loop that they're in. Because at least um, you can offer just, a perspective that's different. Yeah, because if you're if you're in it by yourself and no one's reaching out to you, you're you're just having the same 10 thoughts all day long. You're not getting anywhere. Mm. So just reaching out and listening and trying to help the person a little bit problem solve or think through things in a different way can be super helpful if you want to just do something for them. Instead right. of just giving empty words, like, it'll be okay. You like actually sit down and be like, okay, well, let's talk through what they, what they what's going on. Right. Tell me what it is. And checking in with them to be like, do you just want me to listen or can I offer some advice? That might be helpful too. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dr. Upshaw, thank you so much for helping us uh, parents or Actually, real quick, I just thought about this. For someone like me who is uh, doesn't have kids, is there anything that I can do to help emotionally with someone like my best friend Holly here who's going through it? Um, is there anything that we can offer, words of encouragement or just being able to have, be an open ear for them about what, what they're going through, you know, raising kids in a pandemic and trying to work? Yeah, I mean, what we just talked about certainly can help. But I mean, from a practical standpoint, we kind of talked about at the beginning, it takes a village. So maybe, you know, offering a little bit of, of help. I'm not saying that you would do that with Holly, but if you're someone who, you know, has people who you know who have kids, there may be an opportunity to, to help them out. And even, you know, me, I do have kids, but I have several employees that work um, for our, our couple businesses that we have. And they have a lot of childcare stuff going on. So just being super flexible and sitting down and listening to them and seeing what they need takes a lot of stress off of them. So, you know, there are ways that people can help who don't have kids um, for the people who do have kids because, they, you, like you said, they're really going through it right now. Do you want me to pick up Maya from school, Holly? <laughs> no, not today. Yeah, I, 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 I got to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, yes. Yeah. You know, go over there. But, you know, not right now. First day of school, I got to be there. Okay. Yes. That's all right. Hey, <laughs> listen, I'll do it. I'll go pick her up, take her to McDonald's or something. and There you go. Well, she'll love you then, obviously. Little- <laughs> I'm going to get her a happy meal. You don't right. compete with mom who's yeah. like, no, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Dr. Upshaw, how can people get in contact with you if they're like, are curious about your services um, or TMS? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with us is just to go to neurospatms.com. 
And that is our TMS business, but also we have some very friendly people who answer the phone there and whatever you're looking for or need help with, they can point you in the right direction. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Good talking with you. You too. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. So how are you handling this, Holly? This is the first day of second grade? Yeah. For Maya? Which is crazy. (sighs) Crazy to me. Second grade. Um, I... I actually had to take like um, an anxiety pill yesterday (laughs) and I don't know why I just woke up yesterday because well to back it up a little bit so we went out of town over the weekend we went to Orlando and that was like for uh, my daughter's birthday party and not a party but like birthday celebration Mm -hmm. so I was out of town Friday Saturday we came back Saturday evening and then yesterday was spent like Suddenly, I had to become hyper-focused on, like, I haven't done this in five months. Mm. How do you get ready for school? And it's not just the same old classroom. It's totally new. There's a new teacher. There's new expectations. There's all these lists, which, God bless the teachers and the school and everything. At the last minute on Friday, they're sending out, like, school supply revision lists. Mm. And, like, oh, here's an additional thing that you're going to need for gym. Or, I forgot, we need all this stuff for art. And I had already thought I had gotten everything, but then there's new stuff. So I just, I kind of went into like a little bit of a mini anxiety attack mode because I was like, first of all, you have the overarching worry about them getting sick. At least I do. I do. I feel nervous because, you know, she hasn't been anywhere I mean, we are very careful where we go. And I know you're maybe like doing like an eye roll or something. You're like, how are you going to go to Orlando but then be nervous to send her to school? It's sort of two different things because I'm always with her making sure that everything is safe. So, mm-hmm. you know, that we're washing our hands 8 million times a day or that her mask is fully on. She's not touching her face. Even at the grocery store, like we're always having conversations about this. But then once you send them off to school, that's the beauty of school is that it creates this independence in them. But it also gives them a lot of free time and wiggle room to maybe not follow those standards. Mm-hmm. And then you have the added peer pressure of is everyone washing their hands at the same time? Is one kid being like, I don't need to. And then your kid's like, well, they didn't do it, so I don't need to. Same thing with masks. And then it's just, there's a there was a lot of worry for me yesterday. So I spent a large por- portion of the day worrying. We went to Publix. I bought like way too many like school snacks type things because mm. I was like, what if we don't have anything? Like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I lost my mind a little bit. Um, but we got everything together. It was all ready to go this morning. And it, from what I can tell, my ex-husband, um, you know, took her to school this morning and it, he sent me a couple pictures. So it looks like all was well, mm. but it's just a lot right? because now I'm like thinking about it. And I mean, you almost have to turn off some of the worry because you'll go insane. So we're working on it. I can't imagine. I just, I, I wish that I could come up with um, a, a better phrase, a more phrase to talk about just how crazy this time is right now. Like as I was sort of right before we started doing the podcast and we just finished with the on air show and I just took a minute to sort of just scroll through social media and just seeing the different types of back to school photos today, because normally it's, you know, everybody with the little picture and, yeah. you know, standing in front of the front door before the front or the bus before they get on. And right. like, oh, my baby Teddy is going into the third grade and we're so excited. And it's like they're at home, you know, getting ready for school. And it's just I my heart just goes out to parents and kids going through all of this crazy right now because it just it's. 
we would have I mean, if you would have thought at the beginning of 2020 that we'd be going through all of this, we all would have laughed. Oh, absolutely. Even when they first started using the word first, they said epidemic. Then they said pandemic. I was like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. We're fine. Because that's like sort of an American thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Is we like to just tell people you're fine. (laughs) Like you could have broken your leg on the way down the hallway, and I'd have been like, you're okay, you're okay, you're going to be fine. Bitch, you're not fine. No. And that's what is even harder about mental health, which to kind of squeeze this in on a mindful Monday, it's like you probably wouldn't necessarily, like if you were laying on the ground bleeding, I probably wouldn't be like, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But that's what we do with mental health. Mm. And that's like a coping mechanism. Right. Because we don't know what to say usually. No. Like your question to Dr. Upshaw, which was a good question, is how do you help a friend? And I would say, first and foremost, don't just tell them that they're going to be fine because you wouldn't tell someone who is, you know, has a broken leg that they just need to, like, just get past it. Just shake it off. Because, yes, eventually they will be fine for the most part. But if you're in the midst of the pain, it's hard to see past it. Mm. So it's just a lot. And I would say, thankfully, and again, to Dr. Upshaw's point, Kids are a lot more resilient than you give them credit for. Right. The kids are probably okay um, as long as you're checking in with them. Like my kid doesn't even realize that anything is, you know what I mean? She right. just, this is her experience in life so far. Right. I'm on the other hand like, oh my God. <laughs> it's unprecedented times. I know. So we, we just trying to get through it. What do you remember from like your back to school days? You know, what was going through your mind um, you know, during the first day of school. Like, I always remember at, in high school, since I went to a high school that was, you know, several uh, economic, socioeconomic levels above where we were, there was always a little bit of anxiety for me because, one, people would come back to school and be like, well, we went to Miami or we traveled to Europe or we... Rich people thing, rich people thing, rich people thing. And then I'd be like, well, I worked at Barnes and Noble. That's so interesting, by the way. Uh-huh. I have a book that's like a kid book for Maya's age. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of the name of it real quick. Something like, um, I can't think of it. I will think of it after this. I'm a dummy. But <laughs> it's just that, like, like that. Like really? there's this little brown girl who lives in like a high rise apartment complex and her first day of school, so and so is talking about the trip to Paris. Another one's talking about a trip to the Smoky Mountains or whatever. And she's like, I watched my sister. So she doesn't want to share. <laughs> right. But then like once you start talking um, and you say like, you know, I went to all these cool faraway places in my mind because I would read my sister books mm. and we did that. And then some other kid who doesn't speak English that well is in the class as a new kid and nobody wants to invite him to play or whatever because they're like, well, we don't know if he speaks English that well. But he's like, oh, my sister's name is also blah, like your sister's name. And then right there, a connection is made where it's like, we're not so different. Right. So I love that that book echoes your story and Mm. that I'm reading things like that to Maya so that you get a fuller worldview. But you're right. That can cause a lot of anxiety on the first day of school. It was. And especially, you know, when you get to that point where you start to realize the class differences. And so I remember in late middle school when everyone would start coming, showing up with like their um, American Eagle and Abercrombie and Finch and all that stuff. And I'd be like, well, I got my Walmart Route 66 jeans on. 
Um, and then if we were like really fancy, um, like when TJ Maxx and stuff like that started, then it would be like the a couple seasons behind American Eagle stuff, right? Or Old Navy when it was like on sale. But that's about it. But then everybody would be like, ooh, look at my new this and my new that. And I was always like, well, this is great. So I'd be like, can we get to like the second or third day of school? Like I'm ready for that part of it to be here. I know. I was trying to put myself in my daughter's shoes and just figure out because she was nervous. But she's nervous because she's got a couple things today. And she was like feeling the stress of having school, having like her tumble class and something else that she's doing. And she's like, it's too much stuff. And I'm like, no, I get it. I have the same thing going on. In fact, right now in the back of my mind, I'm worried about this video that I have to shoot. <laughs> so I get it. Like when you have a slam packed day, you're mm. like trying to like figure out how you're going to get it done. And I'm like, no, just focus on school. And her anxiety was, you know, like the unknown of what is the teacher going to be like? Mm. And is she nice? Mm-hmm. Is she mean? Are people going to be my friend? Am I going to get ignored? Mm. Who am I going to sit by? That would be like what's going through a second grader's mind. For me, I remember um, always being worried that I was going to be made fun of mm-hmm. for some reason or another. I don't know. I guess it started early. Like people, now I was definitely by no means like the worst bullied kid in the class. Mm-hmm. I have since actually reached out to that girl mm. because our our um, elementary and middle school teased her mercilessly. And I was always, I didn't ever say anything about it. I never joined in, but I never stopped it because I was too afraid that it would happen to me. You know, right. you know how it is when you're a kid. Um, but I've reached out to her in did the Did you meantime. really? What did you say? Yeah, this was like probably 10 years ago mm. or, or le- a little less. Um, I was like, I just remember kids making fun of you so bad in like the lunch line at, at um, in our elementary school. And I'm so sorry that I never said anything or that I, you know, never reached out or tried harder. Um, So I just want you to know that I saw you and I see you today as a successful adult. So and I I don't remember. I could probably dig through my Facebook messages, but I think she just, you know, said, thanks. You know, thanks very much for your message. And I'm doing really well. And I, you know, haven't really thought much about those years for a long time. But Mm. it makes me feel good that you said something. So it felt good to me to to say that. Good for her for saying that she didn't think about it. I still think about stuff like that because I feel like for so much of my life, that's the sort of stuff that fueled me. Right. And that like, I mean, even when I'm working out, I will think of the most vile things that people have said to me or I'll make up scenarios in my head and be like, this person's trying to steal your job. Oh. They trying to take away your paycheck. Is that healthy or is that just a motivator? Um, I feel like it's only when I'm working out. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like if you talk to, you know, professional people. What's going on? Oh, there's a light going off. Okay. Yeah. It's not us. Oh. I was like, oh, there's a flashing light in here. What's happening? Um, And so it would free, or it would freak me out. It would, um. Oh, so I would use that to fuel me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sports people, if you talk to them, they say that sort of thing. Because, you know, when you're trying to really be aggressive. You need that. Yeah, like I'm not going to think about puppies. (laughs) I'm like, ah, puppies! (laughs) Wow, catch! So you need something that's going to like, oh, get that extra little energy out. I got it. Okay, I got it. So I'm not like that girl where she's like, I haven't thought about it in years. I could still name names. I mean, she might still think about it but mm. maybe was I don't know where she's at maybe she's been therapied you know to all the way back home I don't right. know or maybe she just hasn't dealt with it yet I don't know but I felt like I it was the right thing to do for me I love that I had someone reach out to me um a few years ago who made fun of me 
in high school. And I was very uh, surprised because this was like one of those traditional like football player guys that would make fun of me and call me the F word and gay and stuff like that. And then a few years ago, I guess he worked for like a suicide hotline and saw like what how that affects kids for real. Yeah. Because back in the day for me, I would just turn it around and make it into a joke. Right. You know, I feel like that's where a lot of my self-deprecating humor comes from today is I was always able to just turn it into a joke or because I was so involved with stuff, I'd be like, so before you say something like that to me again, remember, I'm the person putting your senior ad together in the yearbook, so don't fuck with me, Merit. It's a good way to go. Oh, I didn't say his see, last name. Okay. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I'm just a little bit. Sometimes it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, well, good. Well, congratulations to your daughter in the second grade. I know it'll be an it'll be an interesting year to say the least. Well, here here is the thing because I know you said that you know during COVID times when you would come home and it would be like a war zone. At least you know when she gets home, she's gonna be exhausted. Uh Please believe that has already crossed my mind. She's going to be like, I don't want to do anything. I know. I'm and, tired. And she will be today because she got a lot today. But, I mean, it's going to – she does get tired. I don't know. I have a sleepy kid. I feel, I've feel i always felt like she needs more sleep than the average. Mm. She's seven now, seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. So I try to make her bedtime, you know, at a decent hour. But during the summer, it's been all wonky. Because yeah. what does she need to get up for? Right. She's leaving until 8 o'clock if sometimes or whatever. Or or like 6.15 and then she'll be so tired. But she gets real crabby mm. and snippy. So I'm like, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just gonna. I'm very interested to see how today plays out. Well, what's her bedtime now at 7? Um, It's 7.30. 7.30? So like, okay. But I want to make, like, I... It's hard because I have to factor my bedtime into it. Ugh. I don't know what other kids are, but it you when she was in first grade before COVID and all this stuff hit, I would start bedtime at seven because mm. she's a lollygagger. Right. She will take her sweet time. She will find eight million things to do. By the way, during the day, I'm so bored. I'm like, girl, you have so many damn toys in this house. I will start throwing them out unless you play with them. And then at bedtime, she has found like the best McDonald's Happy Meal toy from three years ago. And she's like, I just wanted to play with this. I'm like, bitch, I know you. It is bedtime. So I would have to start it at seven just to shuffle her into bed by 730 and hopefully get her to bed like to sleep before eight. So then as she's gotten older and having to deal with what this crazy summer has been, I start bedtime at 7.30. Last night, um, she was asleep at right about 8 o'clock. Mm, and then okay. that gave me enough time to, like, <sighs> decompress a little bit and then hit the bed, take a shower and hit the bed so that I was asleep last night by about 9.30, actually. Oh, wow. I know. I was pretty pumped about it. Wow. I remember, I don't remember, I think it was either the third grade, maybe, or third or fourth grade, when my mom let me stay, like, my bed, my bedtime changed from 7.30 to 8.30, and, like, I was so excited because I could stay up to watch um, Extra, the entertainment show. You're ridiculous. And I was like, I just want to be able to stay up to watch it. And she was like, fine, you can stay up to watch it. Yeah. And I feel like I, I'd won an award for being able to do that. I know. I, I It's going to have to get pushed back. My biggest fear, though, is as she gets older, like, and bedtime starts to be 8 or 8.30, mm -hmm. what in the absolute hell am I going to do? Like, no offense to her, but what about me? <laughs> what about me? That's what I'm saying. Like, if if I were to, and it, we'll have to get to this point, 
if her bedtime is at 8.30 at some point, what do I do? She's not going to sleep. If her bedtime is 8.30, that means she's not getting to sleep until 9, which means do I just go to sleep with her in her bed? <laughs> like, what do well, I do? I mean, I feel like at that point, that's when she's older. She can to handle like, it herself. Yeah, she can put herself to bed. Because I feel like you absolutely have to balance that. I mean, and yeah. I remember when that happened for me, like, that's when I, like, I feel like that's whatever age that was is when, like, some of the rules loosened up in my mom's house. And so instead of having, like, three cookies whenever I had some, I could have as many as I wanted. Oh. But she was like, remember, you can have more than three cookies, but it's going to make you feel bad. And then once they're gone, that's all you get. I'm not buying any more this week or right. for the month. Um, and so that's when I had to learn like personal responsibility. And so I feel like whenever you get to that point where you where she can make those decisions mm -hmm. is then you're like, all right, this is up to you. But just know these are the consequences if you make these decisions. Right. So but hopefully I have at least another couple of years until we get to that. But for now, it's got to be like we start bedtime at 730. Oof. And then hopefully she's asleep by eight or a little after. My goodness. Well, good luck. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we head out, here are some of the reviews that we've gotten on iTunes, on Apple Podcast. This is from Simon Says. Uh, he said, the subject line says, did we just become best friends? Oh. <clears throat> I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and honestly, it's my favorite podcast. Ooh. I don't listen to the morning show because two minutes just isn't enough. That's what she said. Ah. I feel like I can relate with everyone because we're all in similar age bracket, especially this last episode with Holly and Scott. Scott, I'm almost 32 and still feel the pressure of being successful, so my grandparents, they raised me, can see it. I still haven't. I still feel like I haven't accomplished anything and I'm still trying to figure out what my calling is. Holly, I feel like we're siblings. You talking about being codependent made me think about how I was raised and how I've been hesitant in life decisions because I felt guilty thinking about myself. Y'all are the additional circle of best friends I wish I had. Sorry for the long post. Y'all are absolutely the best. Oh, long post away. Absolutely. I love long posts. Well, thank you so much, Simon. We really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. We're also on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. Uh, you listen to us anywhere and on the Hot 101.5 app. Holly, what's your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And when I do check Facebook, which is only in the mornings during the show, <laughs> it is Holly on Hot 101.5. And you can find me, Miguel Fuller, on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. And... Facebook. Yes. Radio Miguel. <laughs> Sorry. My, my, I'm done. My it's brain's fine. done. It's all set. All right. Bye, y'all. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.